Part of the difficulty, I think, also is when it's the struggle versus rich and poor is that it's not always obvious to the poor because what happens is that the rich use other weapons to sort of fight this battle. So they, they'll, for example, say, okay, this race hates this race because of this, that, and that. So you focus your anger and your hatred on this other class, of, on this other race of people, on this other type of people and ignore us, even though we're the problem, even though like the, the 1% is the problem that they're not sharing their wealth and they're not doing this, not doing that they make you think about like someone else for it's kind of like a scapegoat hi and welcome back to the Zonta got nothing podcast today with a new guest you guys don't know him i know him very well at least i think so kayvon hello everybody how are you kayvon i'm doing well it's currently midnight in here in vancouver but i'm glad to be with you yeah, it's 9 a.m. in the morning. It's crazy because uh, most of my guests are from abroad and it's rarely that I have like a live episode with someone. So I always do like long distance. So, yeah, yeah. You, always, you always have trouble with broads from what I hear. So <laughs> I mean, uh, I try my best. So and to keep the show going, I just, you know, find guests yeah. all the time. Yeah, but with thank the frau lines. Those frau lines are difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do have a hard time. Actually, honestly, uh, it's funny because I've predominantly I have male guests, <laughs> and then you know you can just think about the rest. Like, I have yeah, already, I wonder what that means in subconscious. But yeah, I have a hard time talking to women. That's that's the problem. Yeah, you don't have to say that out loud. I, you know, sometimes I if you say I think that, that's people find it cute. So they I think that's clear for all of your listeners. <laughs> they just need to watch all. They listen to my all my episodes, and then yeah. they are clear. I need to. I need to be careful that this doesn't become a, a comedy roast of Ilker. I need to just tone it down a little bit. <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. honestly, uh, <laughs> as long as it makes people laugh and it doesn't hurt. Me. And it doesn't hurt me much anyway, so... So today's topic is movies, I hear, right? Yeah, um, but before, um, just introduce yourself to the guests. Oh, okay. and, then, and then we can we can, we can can dive in. So, so you can talk a little bit about yourself, so people know who you are, what you do, if you want to share that. Um, and then you have to share your favorite ice cream flavor. That's the first, like, first guests okay. always do that. Well, so. that's the easiest, that's the easiest question because my favorite ice cream flavor, without a doubt, whether it's ice cream or gelato or frozen yogurt, whatever you want to call it, would be a mint chocolate or chocolate mint rather. Okay. Um, it's important. The order is important because it needs to be mostly chocolate, but then like a touch of mint. If it's too minty, then it's kind of overwhelming. But anyways, you get the picture. Even like in a bubble tea, I would get like a nice chocolate mint slush and it'd be fantastic. You can even add, you know, did you know, did you know? As a bubble tea connoisseur, you can actually add scoops of ice cream to your bubble tea and make it more uh, like a float or kind of like an ice creamy type of type of thing. It makes it thicker, richer, creamier, really nice in the summertime. So I recommend that. Okay, thank you. Like, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, well, so you learn something, right? Every day. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Is so my name is Kayvon. I live in Vancouver. That's pretty much all you need to know. I've known Ilker for a couple of years now. Uh, we met through some other friends. And I, I've always appreciated his vibe. I think I think we gel well. I think we what we some of our best conversations have just naturally evolved around movies. So I thought this would be a great topic for for this podcast. Podcast, yeah. And I also didn't think of that actually. Honestly, when we were, when we were talking, like, oh, what should we talk about? Yeah. And and then it took a while because we were we were in contact for a few weeks before we yeah. started recording. 
and then you just dropped it like movies is pretty good i'm like yeah man like so it's so great because that's something i talk about also I and mean, it's it's so weird sometimes i don't even know myself you know yeah this is a very professional podcast you can tell you do the research prior <laughs> i mean i also get to talk to my friends more through this podcast because when we plan an episode it's always like also just you know, getting to know them before the episode, getting to know them during the episode, and getting to know them after the episode. So it's always. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm done after. It'll just be it'll just be during. She's <laughs> like, she's like, shut off. Our friendship <laughs> starts and ends with this podcast. Oh, okay, so I'm I'll kidding, never I'm stop recording. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's that's very sweet. That's kind of you. Thank you. Of course, man. Of course. Cool. Um. Well, thank you for making the time and you know, um, staying up so late. Yeah, um, I'm a I'm a night owl. I would have been up till three in the morning anyway, so this works well for me. Oh, that's good. That's good. So we thought we could kind of like because there's a lot of movies we can talk about. So we narrowed it down to like top ten of the last year, but like between like because I also watched movies that were released before 2019. Yeah. In 2019, so we yeah, kind so of. I thought it, I uh, thought it would make sense if we did, for example, five movies that were made in 2019, or at least I should say, sorry, released in 2019 that we saw, and then also five movies that we just happened to see in 2019 that were made some other time. So that that's kind of it was easier for me to break it down that way. Okay, then I, 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 I think did. I just did I just did top ten. I think some of them are at least 2006, 17, and 18. Yeah, that's okay. I understand One, that you're lazy. Two. It's fine. <laughs> One, two, three, four, four, two thousand nineteen, and the rest is before. So I'm almost, I almost, I'm yeah, almost. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I have OCD, so I can't do things like, like, like four out of four out of ten, six out of ten type of stuff. It has to be right. even. So that's my own personal flaw. But um, okay, then don't forget what I said. <laughs> helps keep things organized. Okay. Um. Well, I mean, I don't know how to say. So should we start like, from top ten upwards, and then we just like mention it, and then we talk about it a little bit? So something I'm not very good at is actually ordering things. Um, so mm -hmm. my top fives are actually not in any particular order. They're just ones that I thought of and belong on the list, but I don't know if they're first, third, fifth, second, and a half. You know, I, I don't, I don't Honestly, give them, I don't quantify them in that way. They just belong. Okay. That's all I need. Okay, cool. Because uh, I did the same thing and I organized, reorganized it because I just wrote them down. I yeah. wrote 10, 10 movies done that I thought were really cool and I didn't order them either. Like, yeah. But then because I thought to make it a little bit more organized, I structured them into 1 to 10 or 10 to well, 1. That's fine. That's perfect. You do you, man. You do you. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, then you start first because you're the guest. So. Because well, the like, one sure. Well, the one movie that we talked about—that's all the buzz these days, all the rage, if you will—is a is a movie is a little little movie called Parasite. Uh, if you haven't heard of this movie, you probably live in a cave, perhaps, um, or perhaps in Kazakhstan. I don't know, one or the other, or, or perhaps <laughs> a cave, perhaps a cave within Kazakhstan somewhere in, in the borders there. So, Parasite is a Korean film, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It's actually this year was recently, um, I think it was it won an Oscar, or was nominated, or something. It won a, a can, a palm. The Palm d'Or. Palm d'Or. Tu ne parles pas français, monsieur. Yeah, it's the first Korean movie to do that, actually, and the first Korean director to get one. That's Well, that's really cool. That's, that's a good honor. So, so one of the reasons why I liked Parasite is that 
I, I think it's a trend in Korean films, at least the ones that I've been blessed enough to see, is that they're very edgy. They're they're dark, they're edgy, they're a little bit twisted, and I think it really sets them apart from other sort of Asian cinemas in that way. Um, I mean, Japanese the Japanese have always been able to do like horror movies really well, things like that. But I think the Koreans have this other sort of twisted, twisted style to them that I really enjoy. Like one of my favorite movies of all time is a, is a Korean film called Old Boy that came out <laughs> in the early two thousands, and that was sort of like a based on a vengeance trilogy or something like that. So that one that one itself blew me away when I first saw it in my young impressionable days. Um, so that one was really cool. <laughs> Another, you sound like you're super old. <laughs> yeah, well, back 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 in my days, we'd walk up to school uphill both ways in the snow. Just before yeah. to continue, just for listeners to know that this might get into like spoiler territory, but not too oh, much. Oh yeah, either. yeah. Like we won't talk necessarily the whole plot thing, but most like some scenes that can maybe you know touched us or like behind the scenes stuff as well. But yeah, you should yeah, watch I- it for sure anyway. Oh, I highly recommend this movie. I think one of the things that's lacking in in Hollywood today is just originality or just just like people being creative and not just making sequels to the same things. And just saying that there is a sequel technically in my list of top 10, so I don't hate all sequels. I'm not that kind of guy, but I think like it's sometimes having a unique story that speaks for itself really stands out. Um so I don't know, yeah, so going back to this this thing, this this um this main actor that was in it Kang Ho Song, I believe his name is. He was in a couple other movies that really stood out for me in the past. One of them was Snowpiercer, which I don't know if you've watched, but it came out, yeah. I would say, maybe seven, eight years ago, something like that. Yeah, um, I watched it's, it. it's the actor who plays Captain America now, but he was actually good back then. Uh, what's his face? You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Chris Evans. That's the one. That's the one. Christopher Evans. Um, so anyways, yeah. I mean, so it's that also was... directed by the same guy. Yes, so that's 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 where I'm leading to. So the same director, same actor. He's a very proficient uh, Korean actor. So he's in a lot of the movies. It's not like that's that interesting, but I think they they work well together and they they kind of get each other's vibe. Um, that one and also the host. The host was I think one of the first monster movies I saw that was just done really well. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't it wasn't as grand as let's say a Godzilla or or what's that Japanese one where they're in that those big robot things that they fight off the creatures with undersea creatures with you know what i'm talking about pacific rim i I quite enjoyed pacific rim but it doesn't have that like giant transformers feel to it it was more of a humanistic type of movie so if you haven't seen the host that's another one i recommend for you to see same director same actor i'm gonna write Um, the director's name is bong jun ho if that helps yeah so it's kang ho song and uh bong jun ho those are my kind of hoes i gotta say (laughs) um i I think i think the other thing i was gonna say is when i was mentioning the oscars earlier i'm not really a big i'm not a big like award type guy like i think those things are just a lot of rich famous people just uh slapping each other on the back and congratulating each other and whatever like it's cool to recognize the arts but i think those types of things a little bit it doesn't indicate whether a movie is really great or not right that's kind of i mean yeah but i think uh in the case of this because Parasite is nominated for the best picture yeah. and the international film, best film, international film, and best director. So, um, but you know, I'm also not a fan of like awards because it starts cat- categorizing a lot of things. Which I mean, I guess there's good art, there's bad art, but um, 
I always like the Oscars when there's movies that you don't, you wouldn't think are nominated. You know, like yeah, I mean, Parasite being a Korean movie, a very good movie, you know, no doubts about it, is nominated as the first Korean movie as a best picture. I mean, yeah, it, it is nominated for the best picture actually, and, and and it's a foreign movie that is nominated for the best picture, and which is very rare, that, very rare. It's very very rare. So like you can see how good that like well made that movie is. Yeah, so that was the point I was trying to make. Is that I like, even though I don't really believe in how the Oscars really operate, I just I like that it's it's great that these types of movies are recognized and they get more viewership. Because maybe if it wasn't listed as best picture, then maybe a million or ten million people wouldn't actually take the time to watch it. Because they're kind mm -hmm. of impressionable. A lot of people who watch movies are kind of like sheep, and they'll just watch whatever whatever's popular. You know, like water mm -hmm. cooler talk type stuff. So yeah. I think so. Finally, like. This, so what that reminded me of at the Oscars is kind of like Asian cinema finally coming to the forefront a little bit. Because I remember the last time I had some sort of Asian connection with with the Oscars was when The Departed came out, and that mm -hmm. movie was that movie was fantastic. Of course, I saw it in the theaters. Great actors, great mm -hmm. blah blah blah. But the the part that really bugged me is that it won Best Original Screenplay, and I thought to myself, that's strange because it's an exact ripoff of a Chinese movie called Infernal Affairs. It's yeah. actually a trilogy. And I remember yeah. I'd seen Infernal Affairs from back in the days when I was uh, managing an independent video store, which is actually why I've seen so many movies in my past. Okay. I remember I seeing the that. trilogy. That's yeah, cool. that's it's part of my life. is is great back in the day. You know, back in those days, back in the <laughs> blockbuster era. Except yeah, independent. But anyways, so I, I'd seen. I was in the theaters watching The Departed for the first time. Like, why does this movie look so familiar? Like, I think I know what's going to happen. What I, I've seen this before, but there's no way it's the first time. It's like the first week that it's out. Then I realized, oh my god, this is just Infernal Affairs. It's literally the exact same movie. And yet, yeah. Hollywood gives it best original screenplay. <gasps> that was so frustrating. That's when I knew at that time where it was all kind of a joke. Like, you can kind of give awards mm -hmm. for whatever at that point. Not gonna, yeah, not gonna yeah. diminish the role, like what they put together in that movie, because it was so a good remake. I think it was probably the best remake I've actually ever seen, but. It's just sad to, to win awards like that. And they could have said best adapted screenplay or something like that, but nope, best original mm -hmm. screenplay. Yeah, it's true. I mean, um, with I didn't know that the the part was a remake or like a, a, a let's say westernized version of Infernal Affairs. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, as I heard that, I wanted to watch Infernal Affairs, so that's also still on my list. Actually, it's just sometimes so hard to get hand off these things nowadays yeah. if they're too old or something. Yeah, and Netflix doesn't have everything either, so you have no, to kind don't. of pray that it comes you, at some point. Yeah, or find a find an illegal stream, which is <laughs> which is which is is also that kind of you know like as a film as aspiring filmmaker sometimes to get those movies to watch yeah. them to learn from them and but then at the same time not supporting it. It's, it's kind of a, yeah, it's it's Money always talks. like that that <laughs> exactly. Um, it's with a duality of access and and finances and letting your money you know support the arts and things like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I try my best to do so, mm -hmm. um, but at some points I also like I don't think that well, famous movies already make enough money. I think you know what I mean. But like like indie movies probably are the ones that 
I would like to support more. That's true. They they definitely needed a little bit more. But I mean, that argument's a little bit lame because you can't really use that in court. Like, oh yeah, the bank has lots of money, <laughs> so I just wanted to steal like a million from the bank. It's not gonna it's not gonna dent them. They'll still have like forty billion dollars. That's not gonna. It's a drop in the bucket. Which is a good which is a good uh, defense. They back, opinion, yeah, they but... get it back from insurance anyways. Actually, they get everything stolen back from their insurance, so there's yeah. no to them. Exactly. Anyway, so that's um, that's the parasite. Why don't you talk about a little bit about the story? Because you're probably better at at the details. I'm more sort of bigger well, picture. Type well, of I mean, I'll I'll just say this. Uh, it's basically about a about a poor family, yeah, and their kid getting the opportunity to become a tutor mm-hmm. at, uh, in a rich family's house, mm-hmm. and things unfold from there. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. Very I'm not simple. Gonna very simple premise, yet full of opportunity. Full of. Uh... Yeah. I mean. I mean, saying it like this already is very intriguing. Like you want to yeah. see what happens. Like what could well, happen if he becomes a tutor, right? Like. Let me make it a little bit more intriguing, if I can. Yeah, can I'll, again, I'll try not to spoil much, but let's just say that this this poor family has a lot of members that are good at. I wouldn't say conning, but maybe I would. They're sort of good at at playing roles, I would say, playing roles and and finding creative ways to earn income for their families, I would say is probably a, mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a fair yeah, way to that's pretty, put that. Yeah. And yet, and yet, you, you kind of will, okay, well, does that mean that they're the bad guys? Does that mean that they blah, blah, blah? Not really. This one's a little bit, this is a little bit different. Like, it's not always, it's not always simple, black and white, rich and poor. It's, there's, there's good and evil within all sides, I think. And then some of it yeah. comes out, you get to see some of those intricacies that come out. A lot of gray zones, actually. I mean, um, it's like you said, you know, if you rob a bank and yeah. you say, well, they have enough money anyway. Yeah. So they're not, they're not gonna feel the one million dollars that I stole, you know. It's Lots of gray. kind of thought almost. Um at the same time Yes, yeah, exactly. It's fifty shades of gray. <laughs> no, it's not not anything like that. But no, no. I mean, in my opinion, uh one thing that I've found watching it is just like the tragedy at some points um and 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 and, and the real depiction because if you know Bon um uh, the director's name, Bon you you knew the name Bon Bon Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho, he does a lot of convers like all his moves like Snowpiercer as yeah. well as Okia. He made Okia for Netflix too. Yes, yes, with with my friend um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah, exactly, and um, my and, Prince of uh, Persia, Paul Paul Dano, um, and then the guy from Stephen Yeun, no, Steve Steve Yeun. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the the yeah, the Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good, good dude. Good dude. And um. Oh, I, I just remembered another movie from Korea that I might want to recommend to you then as well. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, in in most of his movies, he talks about um, what is it like struggle. Uh, uh, the struggle, you know, like between poor and rich, yeah, um, and also the global warming part. Mm. You know, like uh, also a lot of natural catastrophes and things that. Yeah. You know, actually, we cannot have control over because mm-hmm. it actually controls us, but we think we have the control over it, you know? Yes. So, like, for example, nature. Um, like, we think we can control it because we build a house, but if there was a hurricane, our house would just, you know, crumble. and just Or a mudslide, it. even just a mudslide. Or, or a mudslide, exactly. So we don't have actually anything under control. Everything we own can be gone in a split second, even though we have thousands of dollars or millions of dollars but the parasite is a very more grounded movie to 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 like where it's more 
you know, like Snowpiercer sets in the dystopian future. Okia yeah. is also like has that creature in it, and the host is also like you know in in that in that direction, I believe. Yeah. Um, where it's a little bit more uh, well fantasy ish. Yeah. Fantasy ask, whereas Parasite is a very 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 human humanoid. You know, like it's 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 only humans acting in it, and there's no other thing. But it's yeah. it's, it's it's that it's that part where you think. Like I, for me, the one of the best scenes was, and I'm just gonna mention it. It's the montage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not gonna say what what montage, but you you would know when I say montage because there's only one montage in it. Um, but like it is really, it really caught my attention to the movie even deeper. And um, because in a montage, montage is really hard to make. You have to show little as possible, but it still has to make sense. And you. It always has a setup and a payoff in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you as an audience, you keep watching it and you try to understand like what is the setup here and what is the payoff going to be. And, 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 and the moment you ask yourself and you try to speculate, you get an answer there as well. And there's a lot of foreshadowing happening in a montage that, that pays off in the same montage. And I think he did it very, very, very well. And he's a person that, that works in levels as well as a director. Like in Snowpiercer, is usually left to right to show progress. Mm-hmm. You know, like in Old Boy, for example, that one one shot scene where he fights off people in the in the hallway, right? In the hallway, he yeah. keeps he keeps getting pushed to the left, which means he, like um, he he doesn't have progress, and then he pushes back to the right to have progress. The same in Snowpiercer. In Parasite, it's levels, as in going up the stairs and going down the stairs you know there was definitely a lot, lot of... of visuals from going up and going down that was that was like yeah. in between the stages it was definitely a transitionary piece especially that that scene actually near the end with the water was actually yeah. quite interesting the water and the flooding and stuff that was yeah that was a bit intense i would say yeah so to touch on your earlier point i would say the difference in in the the parasite movie is that the horror that they create is is more internal rather than it being fear from something external like you said either either uh, nature catastrophes monsters yeah. this or that uh, this one is a little bit more of an internal struggle or internal yeah. horror yeah and it's something that that is not only given by the characters but also the society they live in which mm-hmm. always kind of i've been watching a lot of tragedies in that way like um there was a movie that i watched that is on my list actually it's called Nam. <laughs> Um, and then uh, there's also another documentary, Doc, Don't Fuck With Cats. And, yes. Or the show When They See Us, you know, when people are wrongly convicted of something. Mm-hmm. And in, uh, in it's always like the society um, we live in causes us in a certain, to act in a certain way where we distrust people, where we, um, what do you call it? Like where we, where we don't, don't have the the let's say spiritual qualities actually to 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 cope with different situations in our lives and and parasite just showed me for example how how crazy it is that the the scissors they 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 keep widening you know like rich become richer and poor become poorer and then that's like you can see how it like dissolves society into two factions actually and there's nothing in between and then you can see how hurtful it becomes um to people that actually just want to survive or live, you know, just live a life. And then and, and it becomes really, um, like, it makes me think, like, how do I want to put, how do I want to live in this world where I can also support people that are not as fortunate as I am, you know? Because, I mean, 
the only way on, on, on helping the world become a better place is if we work together, right? So that's yeah. something like I kind of thought about watching Parasite and also the other movies that I'm gonna talk more about in a bit. Part of the difficulty, I think, also is when it's the struggle versus rich and poor is that it's not always obvious to the poor because what happens is that the rich use other weapons to sort of fight this battle. So they, they'll, for example, say, okay, this race hates this race because of this, that, and that. So you focus your anger and your hatred on this other class, of, on this other race of people, on this other type of people, and ignore us, even though we're the problem, even though like the, the 1% is the problem that they're not sharing their wealth and they're not doing this, not doing that. They make you think about like someone else for, it's kind of like a scapegoat. I don't want to, again, go back to like, the nazis but you know that type <laughs> yeah. of thing or like you just you know they give you like a scapegoat to think about so in the u.s it's this whole democrats versus republicans campaign and you're on one side or the other yeah. but both sides yeah. don't really mean anything it's just really it's the rich that are controlling everything getting more money mm -hmm. gaining and then working off the backs of those that that are yeah. less fortunate and and the, the unfortunate part is that it's not like there's much of a middle class anymore in a lot of places it really just goes from super rich to like just barely getting by so that gray yeah. area that we talked about earlier doesn't is less and less i think with at least the mm -hmm. the, the spectrum is a lot wider um what a good time to transition to the next movie that's on my list and i'm hoping hoping this is also on your list so we can talk about it um it's called the joker or just joker have is this on your list by any chance yeah, it, it is on my list actually <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling it would be so here are my thoughts about the Joker movie. This is now, again, let's make sure everyone's on board. This is not the Heath Ledger Joker. This is not Jared Leto that was supposed to come out and never came out and hopefully never will. This is a Joaquin Phoenix uh, edition of Joker. And the origin um, story of Joker. And the basically. origin story that, you know what, we've never really received before. And I think we're all better for having received it. Now, let me, let me tell you why I like this movie. First of all, let me preface this by saying I'm not a huge comic book guy, and I'm also not a huge, what do you call that, Marvel Cinematic Universe type dude. Like, I'll watch those movies, but I won't anxious, anxiously wait for them. So mm -hmm. I'm not that kind of guy. So let me just say this movie, I could, I could, if, if one Joker or one Logan type movie came out once a decade, I would prefer that over 10 like Marvel movies of the Hulk and Thor and Captain America and this rubbish. Let me just say, first of all, Iron Man was great. That was really the thing that started yeah. it all off. And they went, they went, they went with it. They're they're good movies in their own rights. They're very enjoyable. They're long, so you get a lot of good bang for your buck. They're just not. They're just not. They're just not. <laughs> No, I mean, Martin Scorsese says they're not movies, really. I mean, you can you can start a high hardcore debate on that. Yeah, um, but I mean, everyone has their own opinions and feelings about these things. So. They have cinematic qualities, and I actually I was actually going to talk about that Scorsese thing later on when we got to one of our other movies. Hint, hint. But <laughs> um, yeah, so the, I think so. Even even if you didn't know anything about comic books or the Joker or Batman or anything like that. I think what's great about this film and what, what made Logan as well so great, to give credit to Marvel where, where credit is due, is that it's it's really just a story about a person. It's a yeah. biopic. It's whatever you want to call it. 
it's it's a personal it's a character study maybe is a good way to put it it's one person dealing with a certain set of issues in this case i would try to classify them as probably mental health issues and it kind of demonstrates how you get to that point how it, these types of things get worse um when you don't have support when you don't have help when you don't have i don't know friends family income whatever you want to call it different things that might be able to get you out of this uh, and how it can so easily sort of spiral out of control. So what I liked about it is that they made it completely apart from any other Batman movie that had ever come out. And they just made it about this person, this person who happened to be a clown, who happened to become the Joker in some alternate universe. So what I liked about it was that thing entirely that you didn't really have to know about Batman, or you didn't have to be a fan of comic books to really enjoy this. And I think 2019 for this movie to come out with all of the mental health awareness that's out these days, I think was a perfect time. I think it was the perfect storm of timing uh, that that gave it that $1 billion box office smash because it wasn't an action movie. It wasn't an Avengers Endgame, Age of Ultron, Days of Future Past, whatever you're going to call this stuff. <laughs> it, was, it was just a very simple story about a person. So that's really what I really enjoyed about it was that. Um, and, and again, yeah. So, I mean, what are your initial thoughts on this? My, um, I mean, uh, I'm, I like comic book movies. I mean, I like some more than the others. And mm -hmm. Logan, of for sure, is very high ranked. Um, Iron Man as well. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier is pretty high for me because they all feel so realistic, you know, like in their own way, they feel very realistic. And like you said, um, their character studies, almost all of them, like Iron Man is about a rich guy who realizes that what he does is not good and tries to change it. Yeah. And uh, Logan is like, you know, he has lived his life and he just, you know, has seen his friends die multiple times. So he's like, you know, this old guy who, who doesn't want to live anymore. And then you you watch that. I actually rewatched it with my family the other day, Logan, and it's it still holds up. It's, it's such a good movie. For sure. Um, and well, Captain Sol Captain America: Winter Soldier is also like kind of him realizing and living in the new world, kind of, and 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 and, and you know his his values being challenged. And Joker. I never, I, yeah. See, okay. I don't really. I'm not a huge fan of Captain America. I don't. He's not a believable character. I don't ever feel sorry for him. I don't ever feel like. A does that desire to want to know him, or I don't know something about maybe it's just the whole America thing. It's very gung ho well, America. Yeah, of I'm not course, really down. of course, uh, he he represents a country, but you know that that country doesn't represent his values. So you know that he's kind of above all of it anyway. In fact, yeah. he goes against his country in multiple occasions, like civil war, for yeah, example. He goes against his country, so that so like that's still cool that they brought that up at least in a little bit for his friend but, Bucky. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. on the other hand, also, like, Civil War was talking about, you know, what if superheroes are there? We need to have, like, some accord so we can call upon them. And then you're mm -hmm. like, okay. And that would be in real world, this would be it, you know? Like, Superman wouldn't be able to just go around. They, the military wants to have him on his side, for sure, right? Yeah. But um, but that's also, like, all these world problems all of a sudden. And that's what Avengers does, basically. But what Joker does, like you said, is a character study. And the Joker, I watched it twice in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, the only other movie I watched multiple times in the theater was La La Land. <laughs> really? I watched that one three or four times. Yeah. I, I can't. Movie. I can't handle musicals. I ended up watching it with my wife, but it's. I don't know. Musicals just don't do it for me. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, I watched it around, like you said, you know, it was a perfect time to watch Joker, like this year. For me, La, La Land was a perfect time to be watched in 2016. Yeah. Because yeah, I was going through my own things and I'm watching that kind of brightened my day and I really yeah, enjoyed were. watching it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, Joker, uh, I think, is, is an example on what superhero movies should do you know like thinking of it coming from dc what they were failing to do is single movies like like standalone not standalone but like movies about their characters right mm -hmm. and and i think uh, joker does that very well with you know um arthur fleck fleck which is actually i mean the story is based off the comic there is there is a comic where you kind of talk about joker's origins But yet, then again, it is kind of because who wants to know where the joke comes from? Because that's the thing. Like, I was always skeptical because I didn't want to know where Joker comes from. Like, Joker was already good as he was. Like, yeah, you don't he's know a where one dimensional he's character. It didn't really matter. He, he is always who he is because who he is. It's, it's a self fulfilling, self -fulfilling prophecy. But I think exactly. having that background really kind of helps and it, it, humanize it him in a way, right? Exactly. Like for me, I mean, I was, I was, as I said, I was, I was surprised on enjoy and well, it's hard to say enjoy, but like I really sat on the edge of my seat every moment in the movie because yeah. you wondered like, okay, has the society failed him that he became like, has society created the Joker because 100%. of their failure of being like unable to being help, like helpful to him hundred percent, or, 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 or was it actually him also just walking around pointing his fingers at other people? Because Another 100%. That's, yeah, like, <laughs> that's 200% of truth. You speak 200% of truth. Exactly. And that, that again, gives like this, yeah, you can, you can have a... Because there's one comic where Joker says, you know, um, my, my origin doesn't matter, but if, if I had one, I would be... I would put it in a multiple choice. So like whatever you think it is, it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So like that's how he says it. And and Joker, that movie gives you that, you know? Whatever you think made him to the Joker, it is that, you know? And that means that he's inevitable. Like he will happen because society is still like in Parasite. <laughs> it's, it's just so set into rich and poor, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's such a, it's such a, it's, it's such an, it's interesting because all, most of my, Well, not well. Some of of my movies are basically about that, and 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 it, it, that just show shows that that is a huge problem in the world, and people want to talk about it, and that's why they make movies about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's become such a huge thing, and and Joker is 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 pointing at it as well as Parasite does, um, as well as Cafarnaum does in in a way, um, and I think, of course, Joaquin Phoenix, man, this guy, without him, it wouldn't have worked, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and well, that's and what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. No, you yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you well, go. My, my favorite scene is is basically when when he like walks down the stairs and and then and then everything after that dances down the stairs more like it, dan it dances down the stairs and and everything after that so basically the climax of the whole thing where yeah. where it becomes really visible and he just gives into the whole like Joker thing, but. See, it's, it's that, also that, everything that's, before I don't that know, too. But yeah, everything. See, for me, everything before that is what really st st made it stand apart. Because at the, at the time where he truly became what we know as the Joker, he's already in that character that we've known for I don't know 50 years, and that, it's not that interesting. Like seeing him transform, that was something, right? 
But like once he's already in that state, yeah. I think seeing yeah. So once it clicks and he's doing this like maniacal dance down the stairs, that's kind of like okay. We can see now that where it's where it's all snowballed down to this now. Mm-hmm. This actually leads me to an interesting point. So you mentioned earlier, it wouldn't have happened without Joaquin Phoenix. So a lot of people have been reading are debating whether his Joker was actually better than Heath Ledger. And a lot of people back then were saying, okay, well, there's no never going to be another Joker better than Heath Ledger. I was actually going to ask about you. Jack Nicholson. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of different. I think that one was a little bit more hokey. I think at yeah. the time it might have been like scary or, or believable. Right now it probably doesn't transfer over very well. But let's think about modern times about these two fine actors, both of them, who who do you think did the part better? And and then I'll touch on what my opinion is after I hear from you. Well, I mean, the Joker Heath Ledger is... Like, Heath Ledger Joker is is a high, hard character, like, is a hard character to get, like, in, in the sense of, like, as an actor. Like, every time you hear who's going to play the Joker and you're like, okay, Heath Ledger did a crazy good job on that no 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 doubt about it i mean he won the oscar he was the first he was the first comic movie character to won and to to win an oscar for 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 character book pretty huge uh, comic book uh, um, portrayal but also you know well he had passed away before he got the oscar so people are like oh because he passed away but that's another thing and how big of a and how big of a part did that actually play in what people remember as well right because when people pass away they become greater than you know they become the greater themselves so yeah but i think what joker does actually it gives a backstory to the joker in the dark knight in my opinion like the joker in this movie 2019 joker could easily be a a a, a origin story for the joker in the dark knight so who played it better Uh, i would say and i cannot compare them i think both did a great job honestly i don't know I, i i'll just say Heath Ledger because mm-hmm. when I was a kid it really got me uh, Joachim Phoenix is very very good too though but it's it's really like it's a hair that that divides right. both yeah we're picking we're picking we're picking hairs at this point the, what yeah, I was exactly. gonna, what I was gonna say is that I'm not gonna say that that uh, Heath Ledger's role was was better but I think his role was actually potentially more difficult in a way because uh, the the Dark Knight movie, being part of that um, Dark Knight trilogy, I guess they call it now, because that movie yeah. was so impactful, even though it wasn't the first one. Um, I think that one, because it was still in the comic book universe, you don't tend to take those actors seriously. Again, yeah. like Christian Bale is a fantastic actor. I've loved almost everything that he's done. It's yeah. hard for him to pick a movie that has not done well or that he hasn't lifted up out of nowhere. That's true. So, I mean, the, I think they did a good casting for that movie. And I think it, it for Heath Ledger, I think it was harder to play that believable role um, in, like you said, such a short time, but also within a comic book universe. Because technically, this Joker movie was not in that same quote-unquote cinematic universe that the other ones yeah. already, always take place in. So, in a way, because it's not really comic booky. I would say maybe Heath Ledger had uh, a more difficult job of convincing people of 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 his persona. Now on yeah. the other side of it, like you said, he only did one tenth of the screen time, and I think Joaquin Phoenix as a or as I should say that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker as a movie was better as an actual film. 
but I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, I think his acting was probably also better, but I think, yeah, so that, I think that would do it. So Joaquin Phoenix's acting was better. The movie was better as a film, but I believe Heath Ledger's role of convincing people um, was, was probably harder to do. So I'm not going to say his was better. I just think it was harder. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm what I'm thinking is DC should continue doing the dark stuff or the realism stuff, and leave yeah. leave the the fluff jobs to Marvel. Um, the, I think to 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 DC's credit, uh, their their characters have been famous for a long time, like Superman movies in the 1950s, Batman TV shows in the 1950s. Like people know Superman and Batman so well. It's very hard for them to surprise people, to make it, make them like, you know, oh, new characters and then building like a world around them. It's like, I think what DC failed at doing at first was to try to copy the Marvel technique. And I think what they really hit home is like movies like the Dark Knight trilogy, like the Joker, like those, that's the stuff that people truly have found enjoyable and have gone to see despite it not having that giant grandiose universe type feel that marvel did a masterful job of putting together i have to say yeah i mean honestly hands up to endgame man like that that was like revolutionary in my opinion like avengers Mm -hmm. endgame like putting everything in 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 that kind of story and and putting it together you have to have respect for the producers and the directors that worked so well together and that's the interesting thing because when you mention logan it's like logan doesn't feel like it belongs i feel like logan is is some some directors just like dream of making a movie that's like amazing and apart from everything else like i i to be honest i've not never been much of like a i don't know superhero type person but i always have loved the x-men i think the x-men i don't know what what it is about them maybe i just grew up watching the cartoons or 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 Mm -hmm. really enjoyed the movies but i think they always did a good job with that type of character building that type of character building it as like a family that type of thing so and it's also the first marvel movie that actually started it all you know came out 2000 that was before spider-man so mm-hmm. x-men was the first marvel uh adaptation of a of a, of yeah. a like cinema cinema film movie. yeah you can't go wrong with wolverine man i think yeah and then typecasting hugh jackman as wolverine who was like i mean that was just perfect you know good fit it, it worked out really well yeah. so i think marvel should continue doing what they're doing i think they're gonna have i don't think they're gonna have as much success in the next decade coming up to be honest i think people are gonna start getting tired of it a little bit yeah. Um, I think a lot I mean, of the main I mean, characters are leaving and they're not going to have that same sort of oomph as they did before. I mean, think about it. Avengers Endgame for me is like the, the pillar, the highest pillar. How 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 better will it be than that? You know, because you thought they would not be able to make Endgame. They made it. Mm-hmm. And then that's like, I think for me, like, okay, now what? who is going to come? Galactus is going to come or like something else is going to come. They have to fight yeah. it. But how, I think, big, how big can you make it? Yeah. Right? I think Planets fighting other planets. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, honestly, uh, when they made Thanos, they were planning on making an evil character like Darth Vader, who was back then, in the, I mean, still today, is, is is the best antagonist, in my opinion, like Darth Vader, not knowing who he is, like all this darkness in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Thanos reached that point for me because you could see that he was very self-righteous, that he was also very understanding. Like you could understand his point of view and things like that. And then in Endgame, it, it gives him another edge to, to his character. And, and and you would think, yeah, like, how are they going to, like, make Thanos so important? And he made him very important. And, and I think that's, like, a, for me, that's, like, I mean, 
it, it, it surprised me actually that they managed to do all of that. Whereas, um, for example, if you look at DC, they're struggling right now with all their like, you know, universe thing. And then Joker comes out and then you see like a standalone movies is way better than, than their universe. You know what I mean? But not so, like, even just see... standalone movies because a standalone Superman or a standalone Wonder Woman or I mean, Wonder Woman's kind of separate because you finally have a female superhero that's kind of like, you know, doing her thing. But but I would say, for example, like a new Batman with Ben Affleck is not going to be as successful or a Spider-Man mm -hmm. with uh, not Spider-Man, sorry, Superman with the same actor and the same director that's been was it Zack Snyder, who's been just ruining every movie he ever makes. And for some reason, DC does not want to move on from this guy. I don't understand well, what the fascination is with this guy at all. Because he has that dark and edgy feel to what they wanted to have in their movies, which, you know, Man of Steel, I didn't find it that bad because he did talk about stuff that Nolan talked about too in his trilogy. I mean, they wanted Nolan to make this, but Nolan said, I'm not going to make any more superhero movies. I made yeah, a trilogy. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's really, that's unfortunate. Like, I mean, think about Man of Steel. Like, what I liked about it is that, because my question was always like, you know, Superman is Superman. Like, you cannot kill him except with kryptonite, and that's a little boring. But and it was a fake addition after the fact, just because he was too boy. Yeah, he, like you said, he's too perfect, too boring. They had to find something to add in intrigue to the story after a few episodes. Exactly, and and I was always wondering for myself, like, what would it be that his actual kryptonite is? Isn't society, you know, more of his kryptonite? Like people that mm -hmm. don't want him, but he saves people, and he has to struggle with that. And Manosi brought that up a little bit, you know, like where you could see his childhood and how he was struggling. He was saving people, but people didn't like it. And then he was like, "What? I'm just helping people." And then that inner struggle was always there. And I, I enjoyed that about Man of Steel. But then, yeah. of course, they wanted to do it with Batman right away. And I'm like, the beginning of Batman vs. Superman was pretty good. And then it just just died. Like, towards not even the half of the movie, you were just, like, not interested because... I have a soft spot. With... I have a soft spot for, for these crossover-type movies. Like, even stupid movies like Alien vs. Predator or Freddy vs. <laughs> Jason, when it's, like, just the two... Like, that's just the stupidest concept ever, but it's just it's fun to see worlds collide in different ways like that. So in that respect, I enjoyed Batman vs Superman, but in, in all other aspects, it was just, it felt so thrown together. Yeah. Like I, just I mean, didn't it's the like, Yeah. Yeah. It's the only catch is that it's Batman vs Superman, right? The rest, like it's not a real movie. It's, it's look, there's, there's a, there's a guy that I watched. It's called nerd rider one. He mm -hmm. talks about writing and stuff of films. I think it was him. And he talks about how, some movies have scenes and 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 moments and and he he argues that batman vs superman has only moments no scenes right uh, but but the balance is very important because scenes give life to the world they live in and moments are a payoff for certain feelings and stuff but but like batman vs superman has only moments martha yeah exactly <laughs> like oh my god yeah like, maybe that's that's what what triggers you yeah but yeah i mean Coming back to Joker, a uh, better movie than Batman vs. Superman. Um, um, I think, like you said, it came around the right time. And I watched it twice and both times I was blown away. And and the, it, it feels so funny because there's moments where you laugh a lot actually in the movie because they feel funny. But at the same time, or you kind of question, laughter. should I be laughing about yeah, this? Yeah, it's uncomfortable humor, which is interesting. Yeah. So let's move on. Going back to my original list uh, is John Wick 3. Um, mm -hmm. 
I, I believe that is also on your list because you've written yeah, it down is. for me to see. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I, share you know, all your. I know secrets. your list, but you don't know my list. So that's, I, fine. I should, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Should share. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So John Wick Three was on my list. It's one of the ones I mentioned earlier about it. The fact that it's a sequel, but still, I think let's. I the way I see trilogies, the way I see movies with sequels, I don't see them as separate entities. I see them all as one long story, just cut into different pieces. So, for example. <laughs> Speaking of Keanu Reeves, when the Matrix movies came out a, a decade ago or more, two decades ago now, ooh, 20 years, yeah, man. 1999, bro. 1999, original release of the Matrix. So when the Matrix came out, it was revolutionary, no pun yeah. intended. It, it really broke what people thought about cinema and what you could do with visual effects and martial arts yeah. and story and sci-fi became mainstream kind of for the first time. So that was all really cool stuff. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, the second Matrix movie comes out and everyone's crapping on it. Everyone's like, what is this? It's not as unique as the first one. It doesn't stand out as much as the first one. And the third one comes out like, oh, this one's a little bit better. I can see that. It's still not as good as the first one. It's. I think it's a fallacy for people to compare things to the first one. It's Nothing's ever yeah. going to be that blow you away, knock you off your seat blow your yeah. socks off type of movie as the first yeah. one because it really it breaks the mold however if we all start to think about these trilogies as a whole or as sequels being a second part like a second episode of the same story then you really start to understand that it's all all of it together is really what's amazing about it so for mm -hmm. me when i look at the matrix trilogy i don't see one movie being great i don't see one being average i don't see one being just okay i see the whole package as being exceptional and I yeah. think that's a good way to see these types of things. And, and, and relating it back to John Wick now, the first one, again, so stylized, great action, those close-up scenes, uh, the gunfights, the martial arts. Like, props to Keanu Reeves. He actually goes out there. He trains in, in like, mm -hmm. several types of martial arts. He does it legit. Yeah. Like, people know that he what he's doing isn't just camera tricks, isn't just, like, yeah. Steven Seagal, like... <laughs> <laughs> hitting you and you flying 40 feet into the air it's not that type yeah. of thing it has that realist realism but also has that cool stylized effects with the light lighting the music the, the shadows the tone i think i use a lot of good cinema cinematic um features to really to really like you know hone that in so that first that first john wick movie that came out was like wow so smooth so slick so stylish you, you almost like even though he's an assassin you like you have you can't help but like cheer him on like in his conquest right so i think if you one two and three even though again some of them may have been not as good as the first one i would say as a whole that trilogy was really was really solid uh i think keanu reeves did a good job of portraying that role i think the cinematographers i think in that movie do a great job i, I don't know if i've used the word masterful i may have already used that i think you can only use that once a day <laughs> but i'm gonna use it a second time i think they did a great job of of, of setting the mood and the tone of that film that you know there's on. there's movies that set a new type for a genre you know yeah and i think john wick does that for action movies i think john wick is is the is the movie that the reason why for example and now i might be leading out to the win well the john wick for me is is the action movie that if if no movies like john wick it's not a good action movie anymore but and 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 mm -hmm. and I'm just saying that because of it's the action the part of it, you know. Yeah, like I mean, it's directed by a stuntman coordinator, 
So the stunts are all perfectly coordinated and perfect because the director knows what it needs to to have, what he needs to have in order to have a good stunt already as a director. Mm-hmm. So he just mixes that up and so it becomes a very good good action movie and I mean another movie that 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 reaches that hype uh, for me is also like Mission Impossible for example where every movie is better than the pre predecessor, right? Um so like John Wick I'm not does sure if I agree with that, but okay, go on. The the thing I, I'm just talking about the action here. Yeah. And not about the, the premise or anything, where John Wick, for example, the premise is also kind of oh, it the gets level, crazier and the crazier. Level of action, I see. Yes, okay. Yeah. That, that's fair. So the level of action gets always better and it's always I'm sitting on the edge of my seat in John Wick as well as in a in a my Mission Impossible movie, right? Yeah. You know, Whereas you when you think about chair, right? You don't have to always just be sitting on the edge. You can use the be be comfortable, man. Just use the whole chair. <laughs> I'm trying my best, but if a movie grabs me like that and like throws me around, then I have nothing else like I can do. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, Fast and Furious for example. It, the The more movies come out, the less better it gets. But with John Wick, every movie that came after the first, it became a better movie because it always showed you something new, a new new action sequence, a new I don't know, like um. Uh, uh, yeah, well, setting for something Furious, to happen. Fast and the Furious had the same formula as the Avengers, where everything just has to get bigger every episode. It exactly. started out with a very simple premise of these people doing street racing and modding their cars exactly. and nightlife and the culture and creating family when there is no family. And then all of a sudden, they're like driving cars out of off of buildings and like yeah, jumping exactly. off like submarines and like it's just like yeah exactly becoming part of the cia and and overthrowing governments like you're not you're not triple x like somehow even one of them is (laughs) exactly somehow vin diesel took the franchise of fast and the furious and turned it into a triple x um uh conglomerate yeah that's true i really enjoyed those movies at first and then just kind of they became like transformers and they became like Marvel movies, everything's just massive. Yeah, Yeah, it's just yeah. You can't get, you can't keep getting bigger. You can't. There's there's a finite amount of time where you have to go back to simple storytelling. Exactly, and John Wick does that all the time. Every time John John, it always deepens the character that we met in the first one. You know, Mm -hmm. like his world, his point of view, um, where he comes from is always explained more and more. That's why it's always so intriguing and interesting to watch John Wick. Um. And that, for example, is missing for Mission Impossible, in my opinion. But the action of Mission Impossible is also very, very great. You know, like also Tom Cruise make, does some of his own stunts as well. And he does. He's point, good. He's good for that. Yeah. He in, to the point actually where he the reason he does his own stunts or he's allowed to do it because he became a producer after like in the third one he wanted to do that and people said no that's insurance whatever whatever he's like okay yeah. fine and I'll become a producer. So yeah, I'll just bankroll it myself. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, so he's, he he's no Jackie Chan, but he's definitely spectacular when it comes to stunts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because a lot of uh, actors want to do their stunts, but they can't because insurance, and then they just stick to it, you know, and then yeah. they don't try to. Like John Wick, for example, you said it, Keanu Reeves is so dedicated to the craft, he trains it to make it as realistic as possible. And John mm-hmm. Wick is also at some point not realistic, but at the same time, he does his best, like for the stunts, for the fight scenes. And for the gun scenes and stuff, he trains for it. You know, like everything he does is realistically hold. He holds the gun realistically. He does realistic things, which to us as not knowing what to do when a gunfight has happening is we don't really look at the details, but 
that he still puts so much attention to it with the director together is, is amazing. Yes, the so, attention to detail from from the from the bottom to the top is is very well done. It's crisp and it's clear, and it's hard to nitpick and take it apart in that way. Yeah. It's, I actually I learned I learned an interesting fact about uh, these sequels that we're just talking about. So apparently, The Matrix Four and John Wick Four, both starring Keanu Reeves, are coming out on the same day in 2021. I don't exactly know the real date, but I know it's coming out in uh, 2021, and they're coming out on the exact same day, which is strange. Maybe they're doing that as an homage. Maybe it's just a complete fluke. I don't even know if they're with the same production company or not. But I mean, either way, I think. He's fighting himself Reese in the box is, office. <laughs> yeah, but Piano Reese, I think, is producing both, isn't he? I'm sure he has a hand in both at this point. I mean, the reason Matrix Reloaded and Revolution happened is because Keanu Reeves actually supported it. Oh, okay. Like, most of the money they wanted to give Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves said, you know, you want to finish the movie, so just, you know, take what you need and give me the rest or something. Like, he kind can, of yeah, helped him out. Can we just talk about how nice of a guy Keanu Reeves is, just as a and human honestly, being? Like these memes, guy. these memes that are all over the internet about how amazing Keanu Reeves is. I think do a really good job of portraying this this humble human being. Yeah. And, and let me just say, he is a Canadian, so props to that. But also, <laughs> I, I know, like these memes are so funny, but they're also endearing because you can tell by his acts of generosity like i just read something the other day where like he walked into the store this this janitor of the store was saying oh yeah i'm a janitor here for seven years blah 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 and he apparently like he helped him like open up a store i don't know if it's with money or through contacts or what but he helped him like become a like an owner of, of a store rather than being a janitor and then this other guy who was like met him on the street and wanted a picture and noticed he was a little bit sad and Keanu's like why are you sad He's like oh my brother-in-law has to get this transplant and we can't afford it and we're like and then all of a sudden he goes to his car takes a stack, stack of money from this envelope and gives it to him but like here make sure this goes towards the operation so again i don't know how much of this is yeah. true how much of it is not but you see his humbleness. He rides the the train in in New York, and like he's just sitting there, and he's kind to everyone. Oh, the other yeah. one really funny. The memes, the Keanu memes, are the hover hand memes. Have you seen those? Where whenever he takes pictures with girls or women, he always he never he never touches them. His hands always yeah. float about like let's say I don't know five centimeters, ten centimeters off the body. Just yeah. you know, yeah. just out of either out of respect or he doesn't want to get sued. He doesn't want to get hashtag me tooed in this in this era. So. Exactly, like he respects like, it so I mean, well. Yeah, yeah. So it's respect and it's it's consideration and like he's playing it safe and like he he's a very simple dude. Like he like you said, he's given a lot of his money to charities. I think he's a I mean misunderstood um, person. He is, and you know, he has a very tragic past as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know it. So I did some research, and apparently, uh, the title of John Wick Three that was Parabellum, it actually translates from Latin to "Prepare for War." I think it's yeah. a fitting title. Um, I mean, I don't for think it's necessary. Thing, yeah. I don't know if John Wick Two had a title. I think it was just mm-hmm. called John Wick Two. So it's interesting that John Wick Three, which is the third movie, and you usually you assume a third movie in a trilogy is the end. It's now saying. Yeah prepare for war so does that mean okay well there's more coming we know john wick 4 is coming out does that mean it's the beginning of like 10 movies in the series eight movies is this going to go downhill like fast and the furious did i don't know what's going to happen with exactly. this. exactly so that's kind of what what bumped me after three because they were saying it's going to be the end for the john mm-hmm. wick trilogy and stuff and there's a show going to come out where it talks more about the hotel and stuff like that apparently yeah. like more deeper into oh, like, like that a spin-off world. yeah yeah, exactly. Where it's about different like killers and stuff. 
and then John John Wick three then didn't f well finish that way because it, I mean I mean it's it's a movie if you haven't watched it you should watch it but I mean it doesn't finish uh, as a as a as an end it actually kind of teases something bigger and then I'm I was also kind of bummed because I was like I like when things finish you know like the Dark Knight trilogy it finishes it's done it's appropriate yeah um, the right time yeah and, and but now it just feels like okay if they make a fourth they can make a fifth and they can make a sixth and then what do you want to do you know what i mean and it becomes but, then it becomes the whole james bond thing again with daniel craig or or with whoever is exactly. in that role taking just too many i think i think while it's sad to see someone like christian bale not go back and be batman or have christian christopher nolan not do another batman i think at a certain point you need yeah. to let, let good enough alone and like whether it's one movie and not making a sequel or calling it quits after a trilogy i think has some merit to it i think one of the reasons why a lot of people like this is a huge tangent but i think one of the reasons why a lot of people loved breaking bad so much as, as a tv series was that it always was meant to last as many seasons as it did it wasn't like lost where they they had great great momentum and a huge fan base after two seasons they're like okay you know what let's stretch this puppy out as long as we can let's milk it for every dollar we can get out of it let's make up stories and never finish them let's you know come up with yeah. more questions 10 questions an episode and only answer five and then and then obviously unfortunately with the writer's strike that happened um mid mid uh mid decade that also threw a bit of a wrench in there as well but I think like when you have a plan and you execute the plan, people can tell that it's quality all the way through. And mm -hmm. that kind of makes a little bit more sense than just dragging it on until people no longer can stand you, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's something uh, I think a lot of, I mean, franchises are, are starting with. But I think... I know, I do trust uh, Keanu Reeves in that, so I have to say that it's because of him that I would watch John Wick the four. You know what I mean? Yeah. As soon as he just like leaves the franchise, I would probably not watch it anymore. Which it I don't think it would make anymore. I, yeah, well, exactly. Although although I was wrong technically because when the Born the Born Identity series when that fourth one came out with that other guy who was actually now yeah. Hawkeye the Hawkeye guy I think yeah I didn't think they'd make another Renner. one yeah the Renner the yeah. Let's not talk about him. He's having he's being me too right now these days too. So, um, but yeah, so like they made three Bourne movies. They're all solid. I think that's one of the trilogies that also was one of the ones where they, it got better every time and it added more to the story. And it it was exactly. it was a pro rather than a con. Mm -hmm. And then what yeah. was really cool about that and really actually quite rare is that that uh, Matt Damon actually came back for the fifth one and did that. For, yeah, came back to the franchise because him and I, I think it was probably the director that came back at the same time. They they really were able to reignite that that franchise a little bit. But it's I think they should have probably just ended after the third one anyways. I think yeah. they just wanted to end in a good place and not end on a spinoff. Yeah, that's true. So I haven't seen the fifth one actually. I wanted to. Oh yeah, it's not I bad. Pretty... Born yeah, Legacy no. was it? I think Legacy. No, that's no, it's that's just the called one. Jason Bourne. I think. That's right. This name, yeah, Legacy yeah. was the fourth one. Jason Bourne was the yeah, fifth. Exactly. One, yeah. Exactly. So I I read up on 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 Keanu Reeves just to keep things straight. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like he has had the trouble past, but like him being still like this humble person, it's it's interesting because you can see like why he is like that because he can see the real meaning of life is just you know being kind and helping people and. And understanding so like he's also like a really cool passion project guy like i mean the reason he made john wick is because he trusts the stuntman who actually by the way the, the director of john wick was the stunt coordinator of matrix one so oh that makes sense so that's how, how they met so um he actually was stunt doubling 
uh, Keanu Reeves Neo character, and mm-hmm. so they met and then and like they they stayed friends. So you can see that stars or like people that are famous can also be like that. So you kind of wonder why others are not like that transparent. You know. I'm not going to talk about any any new movies, but I wanted to double back to um, the the Marvel universe and how now Disney is sort of in control of the fate of of Marvel. And I had a question because again, going up with with the X Men and and really loving them more than I have had any compassion or 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 involvement with any of these Marvel characters, maybe other than Iron Man. I, how do you feel that they're going to introduce and? complement the x-men into this marvel cinematic universe do you think they're gonna do a good job of it i mean i don't have to i don't know i don't want to compare them to what sony did or or what cartoons did or comic book do you think they're going to be integrated fairly are they gonna are they going to be received as well by the by the consumers what, what is your what is your take on that um i think from experience now marvel has been doing a very very good job in integrating new characters into the universe to be honest um as for x-men i don't know like i don't oh man i gotta feel the dead air (laughs) no 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 no. i I hope that that they are able to do it in a good way but at the same time for me um marvel movies are now finished with endgame you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like my generation was iron man to endgame yeah and that's basically for me that's it now like i've watched my generation and and the rest i'll watch on at home maybe i'll watch another doctor strange in the theater because i like the effects but i'm not gonna be eager enough to watch yeah yeah like i'll choose i nitpick the movies now and i'm not gonna try to watch all of them in the theater now like i did before endgame so for me the whole thing has changed like if they put out a marvel or something yeah it's the end of a chapter and the beginning of a new chapter Exactly. So for me, it's a perfect way to just, you know, sit out now and just wait for whatever comes in, in Netflix or Disney Plus at this point. So I just hope I just hope they, they do it justice because I think they deserve I think the X-Men universe, I think, is a lot more interesting than than the rest. I think I know it's a small part of Marvel, but it's really what made Marvel what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think without X-Men, I think they wouldn't have. They wouldn't be anywhere near where they are, whether it's the comic book realm, the cartoon realm, whatever you want to call it. I think I think they need to do the X Men justice, the, the way that they were stolen away, sort of from from Sony, or they were well, not stolen, but you know, like they were taken in that way unceremoniously, unscrupulously. Um, I, I just hope. I mean, what I look forward to to the most actually is is a is a situation where after being introduced it's kind of another type of civil war where they have like a you know avengers versus x-men type movie that it builds up to and there's animosities and there's there's you know there's that type of thing so i think the cool thing about civil war was that you could see people taking sides and in this one the lines would be a little bit more clear okay everyone who's an x-men is technically a mutant so they're on this yeah. side, and everyone who's an Avenger yeah. or everyone who's in the Marvel Universe is on this side, and seeing them yeah. battle, because that happened apparently very frequently in the comic books. My brother was obviously more of a comic head junkie than me, yeah. and probably the more more so than you as well. I mean, you're into comic books, but I don't think not as much as my brother. Like my brother would no, never, never, never. My brother would buy like three episodes, three copies of the same comic book. He would leave one forever in its plastic seal. The second one he would take out on occasion 
and the third one would be the one that he'd like read and then let me read like if he didn't have three copies of something i would never be able to touch it or breathe on it or look at it because it was yeah. like it would ruin its value or whatever so i'm like oh god yeah all the comic book stuff is read on like i read on it afterwards like mm -hmm. you know, like i don't i never really Looking followed the back, comic book stuff yeah yeah like i just yeah went on youtube pages youtube channels and just you know people made some uh essays about it so i, I everything i know is basically based on that i never really like read so people would call me a a what do you call it um plastic <laughs> you know like fake oh, fan like of a, comic books. Uh, oh yeah yeah i know what you mean there's but a word actually for it. There's a am, word. but i just like to learn about Poser. stuff yeah yeah so yeah, what what I'm I'm hoping that because of the big budget that Marvel and Disney can throw at it, that it's gonna be good. But I think at the same time, I hope they don't lose the real focus on character that I think made X Men what it was. I think having those unique characters and coming together and and not being that perfect family type thing, kind of like how the Avengers are a little bit more like it's a little bit more cheesy. I think the X Men has a little bit more darkness to it, a little bit more yeah human a human element to it it talks about like people hating people who are different and i think it has a little bit exactly, more of those yeah. those those themes so as long as they continue that on and yeah. uh, i hope the casting works out pretty well and they can actually pe pick people who are young enough and aren't going to be like you know it was tough when they did that first round of the x-men with with uh, Halle Berry and uh, all these other very famous actors, A-list actors at the time, who'd be making like twenty million yeah. a movie. You can't. You can. Yeah. You can only do so much with paying a hundred million dollars of, of of your of your budget into like your actors, right? It's tough. That's it's very... tough when you're restricted to that. So when they redid that and they went to the younger cast, I'm like, this this kind of makes sense. A lot of new up and coming actors and actresses. Um, actually, I don't think you can even say actresses anymore, right? It's all just actors. All, right, all these yeah, up-and-coming actors. Uh, it made sense, and it had all the potential in the world. And then it was going to end up, like like you said, they were going to have their own endgame moment with this Dark Phoenix saga, which is actually supposed yeah. to originally be... I did a lot of research into this Dark Phoenix movie because from what I understood, it was actually uh, sabotaged by Disney and Marvel uh, prior to the takeover. Um, they, they, uh -huh. they did a lot of work to to make it not be as popular as it should be and and in favor of of captain marvel who have actually protested and not wanted to see because of the situation apparently and again this is a lot of internet rumors but it's it's been it's been sort of fact checked by a lot of people who who are in the know that uh, dark phoenix which was supposed to be the end of the x-men saga was supposed to be a two-part movie kind of similar to to how the end uh Avengers did it, but it was actually mm -hmm. the so Marvel and Disney forced them to just chop it into a horrendous version of itself, but cut it down to yeah. one movie. And even then, they sabotaged the editing. They forced it to come out instead of coming out three months prior to Captain Marvel. It came out like months after. They've kept forcing the 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 date to be pushed back because they said it's too similar to Captain Marvel. They have similar powers. They have similar you know they're mm -hmm. they're both women who are in a lead role and they they really wanted to back and support captain marvel who is going to be like a, a key piece of their next decade or the next chapter as we called it earlier and so they really yeah. pretty much flushed the whole x-men franchise and well, all they the knew that they were going to either anyway yeah so i think like, that part of it was kind of shady was... i don't i don't like those types yeah. of that type of thing where you don't let something flourish or flounder on its own accord but rather yeah. you, you sabotage it 
yeah. and, and make and try to make something else stand up. So I have actually I don't want to watch Dark Phoenix until I see a director's cut. And I also don't want to see Captain Marvel until I see that director's cut of, of Dark Phoenix because I, I wanna give it the, the credit and the, the you know, the just the justice that it deserves because so yeah, in that way i'm kind of doing my own personal it. protest it may yeah you're right at this point it's probably in the disney vault it'll never see the light of day so i'm i'm more than happy with never seeing captain yeah, marvel me too. At this I mean, yeah i mean uh these shady things happen a lot in business i mean one of the reasons why suicide squad sucked is also because the production went in mm-hmm. uh to 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 do something so like it's always producers that have no idea they think about the money and then and then they just change things and it's hard to 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 really go against that. That's why films like or movies or movies like Parasite and other movies like Green Book, like things that are really like, you know, like passion things or like yeah, I character don't know, like studies, Wick, passion project. Those, those, yeah, exactly. Those are a little bit more like feasible, I think. Like, um, I watched a video. I'll send it to you after we stop recording. Mm-hmm. Um. About a, uh, it's called the video is called a Disney monopoly monopoly is a problem. Yes. Um, and um, and here this guy called just right like just right like from writing right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he does like also like um, like he talks about the writing of a movie and why they're good and why they're bad and marvelous scenes and things like that. So he does like a lot of uh, film Analysis. stuff, stuff like yeah. essays. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll send it to you afterwards. And he just does talk about what 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 it could be if if Disney actually takes over like this industry in that way. The monopoly. Well, one of the th- another things I read that they're doing is that they're they're pressuring um, independent theaters as well. That if they don't yeah. give if they don't give their movies the prime time spots, they don't give them the best theaters. That they're not going to send them their they're not going to send them the their reels they won't be able to show their movies they're, they're making them pay yeah. to show the movies it's like a lot of shady he stuff he talks about like, that actually in that video yeah. too i, I heard i read i mean i think i read about this somewhere else but it's like it's really shady that they're yeah. forcing these already struggling movie theaters where people don't really yeah. go to the theaters like they used to and especially not independent yeah. ones who are smaller and struggling family owned whatever mom and pop shops these these people are being pressured by a multi-billion dollar corporation to like show their movies not show their competitors movies give them the best yeah so it's that kind of the shady practices is is just it's an unfortunate part of business like you said but it's it's not something we need to stand for as consumers really because our money our money talks and goes a long way yeah i mean it comes back to the whole thing about the scissors widening more poor become poorer and richer become richer like thinking about disney is 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 such a huge rich company that can now bend people bend the laws actually around film yeah um to 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 just do their own bidding which is like a sad thing one thing i like a lot when i get to like talk but we're not finished but we have to finish and then next time we can just like pick up something or some you know yeah well this isn't the first time i've been hurried to finish in my in my history but uh me neither but you know sometimes <laughs> really? like I, you know me i talk a lot too oh not at all no you're a great listener i listen to as well yeah but like in this podcast i try not to talk as much as i usually do because i want the guests to talk more and it's something i struggle with every episode but you did a great job actually i I commend you for your ability to stay silent 
<laughs> thank you thank you so much maybe next time next episode we can talk about my love life like you wanted to know about that a lot so maybe what are, you know what we have we have about a minute question. and a half we have about 90 seconds right now left why don't you tell us quickly a quick summary of what your current love life is like because i know the listeners are are waiting for this wait so you know what we can do actually because i feel like this is going to spark so many more conversations we'll stop it right here uh-huh. and then next episode that i will have with you as a guest uh-huh. we can talk about uh, hopeless romantics and 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 general like things like that so you can give me your two cents so i can make notes on how you met your wife because i think uh, you're also one of the examples for me of a you know of a working relationship and also marriage so, I mean, you could call it working, I suppose. Um, but yeah, wh- why do you, why do you assume I'm going to ever do this again, Elker? Is that we never talked about this? Is supposed to be a one-time thing, Elker. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what Nasreen said. But yeah. guess what? I'm getting her back again because, oh, that's that's... and that's a teaser. Yeah. Uh, the fourth of February, so mm-hmm. uh, is is a one-year anniversary of this podcast, and I'm getting oh. back the first person I made and I made a podcast with, which is Nasreen. So that's she's fantastic. coming back uh, next week, actually. The next episode will be with her. Mm-hmm. So she said she wouldn't. So if you say you wouldn't, I no, I, I was just joking. No, because oh, even okay. even even mid mid uh, casting, we were talking about doing our part two with the rest of the movies and catching up and stuff like that. So catching up on each other's lists. Um, and I'm lives, probably I'm probably not going to see. Yeah, well, your love life. There's nothing to talk about with mine, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm actually I'm joking. Marriage is wonderful, guys. I highly recommend it. There's a, it's fantastic stamp. Cave on. Yeah. Marriage is great. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Am I allowed to plug my cat's Instagram right now? <laughs> oh, de- de- for sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So if you guys if you guys like cats, we have two cats and we try to take pictures and videos of them and put them on on our Insta on our IG. So if you if you like cats and you want to follow some fun ones, some pretty ones, it's a, at dusk dawn cats. So it's dusk like sunset and dawn like sunrise. So dusk dawn cats, all one word, no spaces, no underscores, no lines, no dashes, nothing. At Dusk Dawn Cats for your daily or weekly dose of of kitty cuteness. I'll just leave it at that. I mean, I can only vouch for that. It's it's a pretty cool site. I follow it with my um, uh, filmmaker Instagram, and I, um, which I have to be more active on. But anyway, but uh, I like their cats too. So thank you for your support. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. I hope it helped. Uh, you will have like three more followers, maybe. Well, that's good. Uh, I mean, they're 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 kind of insta famous. They've got about nine thousand followers right now. So oh if I can get God. to nine thousand and three, that's that's all the better. Then you should you should post this episode on your down <laughs> on oh, your cat, cat insta, uh, so I get more followers. Listeners, maybe you maybe, maybe just the, maybe just the ending where I mention them. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I wish you a good night then, uh, Kevin, and. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, I appreciate you listening in. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, it feels good to catch up after this time. And I'm, I do look forward, despite what I said earlier, jokingly, I do look forward to our next session. And I hope you have a good one-year anniversary with your bestie, Nasrin. Please give her my regards. I'll, I'll do that for sure. And um, last thing for me is also thank you, Kevin, for taking the time and also making it happen and work. And for this conversation that was really eye-opening for me and I hope the listeners mm-hmm. took something from it too um, and yeah stay tuned and volume up for the next episode <laughs>